Hilchot Kil'ayim, Perek Shishi, the sixth chapter of Hilchot Kil'ayim. Until now, we've been speaking about, so we started with the Kil'eh HaZera, Kil'eh HaSadeh, and then we moved on to uh, a new misvah, which is Kil'eh HaKerem, what we may not do with vines, the kind of Kil'ayim we may not done with vines. So we said that the consequence of planting something with a vine, with a, with a, in, in a vineyard, is Kiddush, or Hitkadeshut. And uh, this means that whatever is planted in this forbidden way becomes Asur Bahanaya. This chapter is going to deal with some of these details and what's the proximity that needs to be between things for them to become uh, Mekudash and so on and so forth. Halacha Aleph. So we said that originally, Minatora, you'd need to have you'd need to have kilaim, you need to have two zeraim or a zera and tevua. And that mixture is planted together with the, the, the grape seed. However, um, even if you don't have that, if you just have a yarak or tevua, that's enough for hitkadeshut, as we mentioned in previous chapters. So someone who plants yarak or tevua inside the kerem, or if you let it grow, being aware that this is happening, um, in a way that it grows more than 1 in 200, and we explained that 1 in 200 is not an amount of growth, but it's one in 200 of, of the time that it would take for the plant to completely die. Then the Hitkadeshut will happen with respect to all vines that are in a radius of 16 amot, of 16 cubits from that plant. This is a, a round circle, it's not it's not a, a square, so it's a, an actual circle with 16 amot as a radius. So in order to really appreciate what's happening here in, in the Itkatshut, you have to imagine to draw that, that circle of 32, of 32 amot across, because it's 16 to each side, so the diameter is 32, as if the entire thing was filled with yarak, with this vegetable, Let's say it was carrots. And any vine that falls within this circle, just like if the case was that it actually was filled with carrots throughout, then it would also be mekudash. And everything that's outside, enal mekudashot would not have it kadeshot. Halachabet, b'me'devarim amurim, b'shehayap en sefat aigul hazeu ben shulot akefanim shachosalo yatra arba amot. And when are we saying that, that only the vines inside are mekudashot, when outside the vine we have more than, when outside the circle, the artificial circle, we can find more than four amot to the nearest vine. However, but if there is exactly four amot or less than that between this circle, the edge of the circle, and the next, the closest vine, then we see this circle as expanding even more. And then we expand the diameter of the circle. We expand the radius for Amot, which means the diameter 8 Amot. And it's as if the circle was 40 Amot across. It was 32, but now it's 40. And then we see every vine that falls within this 40 amount of diameter is mitkadeshet as well. Um, so 
In reality, in practical terms, the circle is always 40 amot, not 32. Why did we start with 32 and then expand it to 40? I suspect this is legislative history. Someone asked something in the Gemara. I, I never studied this sugiot, but someone must have asked something, and then someone else must have answered uh, that in that case, then we see the circle as as uh, as 40, not as 32. And that's how the halacha is presented here. Halacha gimal. When are we saying that all of these things happen the way we just described? When this is happening within a vineyard, and we're going to explain what a vineyard is. A vineyard is a subject of next chapter. A vineyard is defined. It's not that they have one vine in my backyard. It's an actual vineyard. But if this is happening outside the vineyard, and this is just happening nearby the vineyard, but not inside it, so say I planted a whole line of uh, of carrots. Let's say I planted a, a strip of carrots that's uh, 10 amot by 1 amma. So then if, if this is parallel to two lines of gefanim, the two lines that are closest to that uh, that line of carrots that I planted are going to become the two lines. So the one that's next to it and the one that's next to the one that's next to it, that's all the two shurot. And not only the ones that are next to it, but also I have to extend artificially, like I have to imagine as though my line of carrots extends four more amot to each edge. So if it was 10 amot across, it really should be, I should see it as 18 amot, four amot to one end, four amot to the other end. And then if there is any vines that are next to those four amot edges, they also become mitkadeshot. If there was not even a kerem next to it, but there was just one vine next to my carrots, then um, I only need six tefahim, like, that, and that's the, that's the distance that we said for regular kilaim as well. So six tefahim to each side is the, the space that I need to separate between them. When it's a kerem, it's much more stringent. Yalda means a little girl, and it's a term, it's an agricultural term, it's an horticultural term, and it's a, a baby tree. So what there is three kinds of ways by which I can make my my vines, my vineyard multiply. And think about this. You want, first of all, you want your grapes to, to be of the best vine, and not all vines grow equally. Secondly, ideally, you'd want all of your grapes to taste more or less the same, because we are going to make wine from them. Thirdly, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to grow vines, and if there is one vine that has very good genes, you want to multiply it. So normally, if you plant something that's called in, in horticulture, sexual reproduction because you're planting uh, the seeds there is an actual male and female element here and that's how things grow naturally however there is ways of asexual reproduction of trees and with with vines with uh, with the, the horticulture of vines with, with the growing 
of grapevines, this is particularly important. Uh, even today, with all the, the, the technology we have, this is still done. And there's three um, things that wine ma winemakers use for, for expanding, for multiplying a certain vine. So they select the vine, the plant, and then there's three things that they do. One is cuttings. Cuttings is taking a shoot. A shoot is this the alda that we are talking about from another uh, vine. The vine is going to be called the mother vine. So you have the alda that grows from this mother. And then you cut a little bit of it and you plant that little thing and it becomes a little tree somewhere. And then, and then uh, normally you do it in a nursery, then you plant it in the ground. And then you, you plant, you're multiplying. It's as if you're cloning that initial mother vine. That's cuttings. Secondly, grafting. Grafting is something that, uh, if it's two different species, is forbidden, but that's called harkava in the halakha. And harkava is taking a piece of one tree and installing it. So you take the cutting, just like you had in the first uh, example, the cuttings, but instead of planting it in the ground, you plant it inside or on the trunk of another tree um so you're using the roots of that other tree and uh, usually this takes only one season for this new this new uh, grafted tree to to bear fruits and it's a very efficient way to go about this late lastly we have something that will come across in a few alakot it's called layering it's called habracha and layering um is when you take a branch from one vine and you plant it you take that branch you don't cut it you first bend this branch into the ground you 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 let it extend inside the ground and then come out from the other side before you do that you make a little cut a little incision on the bottom of that branch and that branch is going to eventually grow roots of its own and become a tree of its own but it's a clone of the first tree that's called layering um, and uh, and then afterwards, after this actually takes root, then you you sever the connection between the two vines, and each of them grows independently. And this helps you get from the first mother vine the same kind of genes in the next few trees that you're going to to grow. So all of these things are are mentioned in this halachot. That's why I thought it's important to explain them, and they are used even today for winemaking. So you have a little vine, probably a cutting, that is less than one tefah. If it's that small, it's not yet a vine to be able to do it shoot for the zera'im that are planted next to it. When are we saying that they are not enough to do it cut the shoot of the Zerayim that you plant next to it, when all you have of this Yaldot is two against two, and one of them coming against it. So if you want to look inside the picture, I'm pointing at it with the mouse, I'm zooming into it as well. You have like a square, four corners, in other words, four cuttings, one planted next to the other, and one of them coming from them, so it really creates this kind of a shape. <clears throat> this would be called 
a kerem katan. This is the minimum amount of vines that you'd need for something to be considered a vineyard, four with one coming from them. So it's as if you have two rows of three vines each, just the two rows share one of the vines, so there is only five, uh, five vines. However, if you had if you had the entirety of the kerem of the vineyard planted little cuttings, then it's as if uh, each of those little cuttings is a full vine because the the context of that kerem is that it's a kerem of, of little vines, and therefore they uh, or if if there were if there were more than more than five, in other words, six or more, then this would become mikudash. Now you have uh, two levels of plantations of plants. One, and then you have a step, and you have the next one. So how do how does the kiddushit kadeshut work here? Because the distance now it's not only uh, horizontally but also vertically. So you are allowed to plant the the top one whatever you want even if it's horizontally nearby the bottom one until you reach an area that is ten tefahim vertically from the bottom one which is the kerem which is the one that's planted uh, as vines because what we consider is that this vertical space of ten tefahim or less from the kerem is where it's forbidden to plant. If, however, the, the top one is the one that was planted as a vineyard, then the bottom one, you're allowed to, to plant whatever you want, but you have to keep, you have to maintain a three tefahim vertical distance from the roots of the vineyard. So let's say it was that the top level was ten tefahim above the bottom one. That doesn't mean that the roots are ten tefahim uh, uh, away because the roots are going to grow down into the ground. So as you can imagine, these roots are going to grow into this ten tefahim and you have to make sure there is at least three tefahim of distance. What happens if your field is planted either yarak, either plant vegetables or tevua or grain, and you want to change it, you want to repurpose it to plant vines? So the order is you always must destroy what's planted first, and then you plant the new vines. You may not plant the vines and only then proceed to destroy the, the 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 former crop if it was planted as vines and then you decide to plant it as legumes or some something else you have to then again cut uproot the gefanim the vines and only then plant the other crop However, what you may do is you can cut the vines uh, by the trunk and leave less than one tefah 
coming from the ground. So you're not uprooting it, you're just destroying the trees without uprooting it. And then you plant the Zeraim, but then you have to come back and destroy all the roots of the Kerem of the vineyard. Now the opposite, Halachavav. Uh, sorry, Halacha Zain. Halacha Zain, now Havracha, which is what we spoke about before, the layering, which is inserting the branch of one mother vine into the ground, so it eventually becomes another tree. So if someone does this Havracha, if you want to see the picture, you have it here. If someone uh, does his layering of inserting the branch of one geffen into the ground, even if he does so, even if he does so inside a dela, they used to use dry pumpkins for many things, including for this, to, to serve as some kind of a tube, because what you want to do is you want to make sure that this branch grows into the ground and far enough so that the next tree grows not right next to it. So if you don't want the roots to, to, to go anywhere, if you don't want any other part of the branch to grow roots, you're going to try to cover it somehow so that the roots grow exactly where you want them to grow. So just imagine this branch is going like 10 amod inside the ground. So it's a really long branch. All of it is underground and you covered it, you insulated it so the roots don't come out with something hard, like a delat, for instance. Or you actually make a tube, a pipe, made of clay. If above this branch, you have three or more tefahim, then the fact that the branch is underground doesn't mean that you can't use that land. You may use this ground, you may use this soil, if there is at least three tefahim until reaching the branch. However, if there was less than three tefahim of soil on top of this branch that you are layering underground, then you may not plant above it, but you, you may plant next to it. If above it there was a sela, there was rock, then even if you have only three fingers, three inches or so of, of soil, not three tefahim, you may, you may plant above it because this uh, rock, this boulder, really separates between this, uh, the, the underground branch and, and the rest and the surface of the soil. When are we saying all of this? When the, the roots, when this branch has not started growing, has not started growing uh, uh, outside the ground, or the, the original tree is not seen. So again, you have an invisible uh, an invisible branch going invisibly underground. In that case, then yes, you know it's there and you can plant above it. However, we don't want for anyone to pass by and see a vine growing and some vegetable being planted right next to it. So if it's visible, and by Icar here, 
I mentioned this, both these things because Icar could be either the original mother vine or the new one that is being grown by layering. If you do see the original one, then from the original one you have to separate six tefahim to each side. Only afterwards to plant. Just like you do with every any single vine, uh, like we're going to explain in the next chapter, which deals with a single vine. So let's say you layer, you have three vines, vine A, vine B, vine C, and you take each of them and you extend one of their branches underground for 10 amot, all of them north. Okay, so let, let me preview something uh, for you here. A kerem normally, originally, means six vines. Six vines makes a kerem. Okay, so what we have here is A, B, and C becoming A1, uh, sorry, A and A1, B and B1, and C and C1 through the layering. So would you say that now you have six gefanim uh, and therefore a kerem? So that's the question here that we are dealing with. So the answer is, it depends how far these layered new trees are from the mother trees. If they are between eight, between four and eight amot away, then One second. Then what grows on the other side is considered as new vines, and therefore you now have six vines. If you have six vines, you have a kerem. If they are not between four and eight, they are not going to be counted. Why? Because if they are closer than that, then they are considered part of the original trees. It's as if they 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 uh, they are not separate trees, and if it's more than eight amot, then they might be like independent trees, independent vines, but they're too far to be counted together and to be a kerem. For it to be a kerem, not only do they have to be six, but they also have to be less than eight amot away from one another. If there were less than three with which you did Harkava, so you only had A and B and you made A1 and B1 through the layering, then you now potentially could have four, but four is not a kerem and therefore you treat you treat them as individual vines, which only need six tefahim of separation to each side and then you can plant. Planting under the sarigim, now it's a different subject, we're talking about not planting on top of a geffen or next to a geffen, but what about planting under the branches that come out from a geffen? So a geffen, a vine, just like any vine, vines are a kind of plants. Vines are normally the, the plant from which we have grapes, grapevine, but there is other vines. And what they have in common is that the branches grow really far and they climb. They climb 
onto things. So remember that because we're talking about climbing stuff now. So you have this vine and this vine is extending over some ground. So you have these branches above it. You may not plant anything else under it, even if it's far enough from the trunk and from the roots. So if you plant under the branches or the leaves that come from this vine, this is uh, this causes it cut the shoot. Even if you actually are very far from the actual vine, from the actual trunk and roots, many amot, because you're under the vine's branches, it's it cut the shoot. If you take this vine, this grape, and make it grow through apefiarot, apefiarot is, is some kind of um, extension, some something that you use to make the vine climb through it. So it could be a stick from the ground, it could be some kind of a, a uh, pargola that, that, that you build, and then you have the vines grow on top of it. That's pretty common to do. So... Obviously, you cannot plant right under the branches and the leaves of the grapes. But what about, let's say I have a, 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 a huge structure that I built for this, and only the first half is being used for supporting the growth of the vines. Can I plant under the second half? No, that's what we are saying here. That's motar hapefiarot, is the remainder of this structure on which or through which the grapevine is growing. Even if under that part of the structure there is no branches or leaves or grapes. However, if I did plant under that part of the structure, so long as there isn't an actual part of the of the vine on top of that area, then I wasn't allowed to plant it, but there is no it the shoot. And I may eat those plants. Not only if this was an artificial structure, but also sometimes people use actual trees. So I have a tree that doesn't make fruits, like a brush. A, a, I think a brush is a... Is a is a pine tree, I, I believe it is a cedar tree. So I have a cedar or a pine tree and I make the vine climb around it and on top of it. So I may not plant not only under the vine itself, but also under the branches of the tree that don't have vine climbing around them or on them for the same reason. However, this is not the case if the tree was a fruit tree. So let's say I have an apple tree and I make the vine grow around the apple tree then if the other side of the apple tree doesn't have any vine any grapevine growing on it i may plant under it why because the cedar tree or the pine tree once i plant the vine around it it's as if the sole purpose of this cedar or pine tree is to serve as a support for the vine i obviously care much more about the grapevine than about this fruitless pine however with the with the with the fruit tree, the apple tree, in my mind and in the mind of anyone who is looking at me doing this, that's more important. But the 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 apple tree never lost never 
loses, never lost its function of serving as a bearer of apples. And therefore, the second half that's not being used is not is not mitbatel to the first half that's being used. Now what happens if the branches grow and after I had planted my, let's say, carrots, the branches of the of the grapevine grow on top of them, then I'm allowed and I'm supposed to move those branches and direct them to grow in a different direction. If I did plant under the places where I wasn't supposed to plant, like for example, the artificial structure, the part that didn't have a vineyard right on top of it, or a, a non-fruit bearing tree, and, and, uh, and I planted under the part that doesn't have the, the grapevine on top of it, but then the grapevine grew on top of it. So we said before, all I need to do is to move the grapevine and direct it elsewhere, but not when my original planting was forbidden, like in these two cases I just gave. Therefore, in these two cases, if this is what happened, if I plant, if I, I, I have this, uh, this pine and half of it is covered with the grapevine, I'm not supposed to plant on the other half, but I did plant under the other half. And then the grapevine grew and grew on top of my of my plants, then I must uproot those plants. Okay, Razera. Halacha Yod Dalet. Kanim Hayoseim in Aris. Aris is an, another structure that's also used for planting vines. It's more like a sukkah. And uh, I normally plant not only one vine, but I plant vines all around all around it, and all the vines grow together on top of the aris, that's called aris. So the kanim, the, if, if this aris has some, some uh, uh, canes, some of the beams of this aris grow beyond the aris or uh, extend beyond the aris, So you have these beams extending beyond this little sukkah on top of which the vines grow. And the beams are extending, let's say they're extending for, for five amot. Am I not allowed to plant all under it? So it depends It depends on the function these, these beams are serving. If the only reason I extend them that way is for structural stability, because I know if I cut it, uh, the, the, the whole sukkah might collapse, then... I may plant under it so long as a vine is not growing on it, on that extended beam. However, if that beam's purpose is for the vines to grow on it, and to grow on top of it, then I may not plant under it. Uh, if the, there is fruits that come from the, the grapevine, by the way, the fruits of the grapevine are called semadar, and you may, you may identify them from shira shirin pitaha semadar. Semadar is the, the fruit of the vine. 
So we see it. So we see this, this peta, we, we have to measure exactly under it. And that's on that dot, that spot that falls exactly under it on the ground from this uh, uh, flower that's growing uh, in the Aris. So we have the Aris. Let's, let's just think of what we're talking about. We have the Aris, we have uh, grapevines growing on top of it. And some of these grapevines have beautiful flowers. So each of these flowers is forbidden to, to grow anything under it, even if it grows outside the Aris. But it's only on that spot that's exactly under so Rambam says, you have to see as, as if you're tying from it some lead or something heavy uh, with, a, with a string to calculate exactly where that would fall vertically underground, that spot. And that's where you're not allowed to plant. So too, if you have one zemora, one single branch extending from one tree to the other, you may not plant under it. Now let's say I have two vines and I, I want them to grow straight. Each of them is growing to a separate direction. So I want to tie them one with the other so they both start growing more straight. And I extend a string that ties the top of one of the vines with the top of the other vine. So under this string, one may plant. However, if the purpose of this string was for the vines to grow on it and to create this kind of a fefiarot, of, of climbing vine that goes on top of the string, then the string's function is different. It's just like the fefiarot that's forbidden to plant under it, not only under the vine, but also under the string himself on places where the vine hasn't grown yet. Amen.